I've had so much fun. Chad Adams, your guest host, WBT, the station, Pete Callender, the show. Your station, your news talk station, 1110-993. Give us a call if you want to, 570-1110, as we head into the $3.50 gas weekend. I love how they claim credit when it goes down. Oh, look what we've done. But when it goes up, it's like, we didn't have anything to do with that. Do you have anything to do with that? We didn't have anything to do with that. It comes down, look at what we've done. (laughs) It's just, you have to think about this for a second. As much as you may hate Donald Trump, look at it. Talk about an accomplished life before entering the political arena. You may hate it, but I mean, you changed, you were responsible for changing one of the most iconic skylines in the world. You had that as part of your part of your CV. You've, you've accomplished something. You've changed things. You look at the accomplishment of Biden. He's been in office half a century. You add his and Pelosi and Schumer's ages and you get back to constitutional times. So you have to, you know, what is it you really accomplished? Did you did you change the assault weapons outcome? You Oh, I changed. I did a law back in the 90s and it's fixed. I fixed it again. No, you, there's really nothing substantial beyond being elected that anybody can name about Biden. And I don't mean that to be mean. That's not disrespectful. That's true. It's a statement of truth. It's not, and it's, a, it's an objective truth. It's not a partisan truth. You can't name anything that he's accomplished. You mean, other than getting elected, is there, any, is there a signature piece of legislation that, that he's connected to that you can say, yeah, Biden did that? You, you really can't. You can't. There's no accomplishment, really. You can you can pin on him. Let, let's go to Governor Cooper. I mean, I'm, I'm not being mean. Governor Cooper is often considered one of the top ten Democrats that may run for president in 24, mainly because he hasn't he he has he's not really considered uh, no, no baggage, so to speak. In other words, he doesn't use texting. He doesn't make a lot of, there's not a lot of records on it. He was, it's something he did long ago in North Carolina politics. So when he was running for governor, there were literally no text messages from the governor. So you couldn't go back and look. And now you can believe it or not. Maybe he had a personal phone. I don't know. Or he told other people to do it, but he stayed away from things. Is he someone who's vastly accomplished as attorney general? He left thousands of rape kips undone. He didn't have a remarkable stint. He was kind of in the AG's office forever after being in the legislature. He wasn't an accomplished attorney when he got to the legislature. He's an attorney. A lot of attorneys like to run for office, so he ran for office. As governor, is there anything other than locking down the state? And by the way, we just came out of the lockout about two weeks ago, August the 15th, just over almost three weeks ago. We came out of the emergency order that Governor Cooper had issued. But other than lockdown, which we now know the lockdowns are not something that's going to age gracefully for a lot of Democrats, that authoritarian uh, Big Brother 1984 way of looking at the world will not age gracefully. And as we know, it's damaged a lot of our kids. It is, It really has. So, But they look at him because he, think about that, they're not extolling the virtues of someone who's accomplished a lot. On the Republican side, Governor DeSantis is one that you really are, you know, people look at. If you look at a list of accomplished Republicans that are possibly running for president, he's on the short list. Why? He's an accomplished governor. He stood up to the face of adversity. He kept his state open as much as possible. He's standing up to a lot of this craziness on the left. He's an accomplished governor. Governor Cooper, I he really wants Medicaid expansion, but he hasn't gotten it. Or at least the Republicans are trying to give it to him. But, really, but, but again, nothing significant. There's nothing about Governor Cooper's tenure 
that you would say, God, I want that guy to be governor. But yet on Democrat circles, that he's he's the man. Look, Governor Cooper's great. But he's and again, it's not mean. It's an it's an objective reality that there's nothing you can name about our governor or the president of the United States right now that you that's a signature piece of legislation. And, and in fact, it's so funny, even when Biden talks about stuff, he talks about the Trump tax cuts or the wall. Those are Trump accomplishments telling NATO to pay more, pay their fair share, do their jobs. <laughs> Sir, can, can you think of anything that by, we're just not going to build the wall? We're not going to enforce the border? I don't know. But that's style over substance. Democrats are really good on style over substance. The entire January 6th committee meeting was style over substance. The Russia collusion style over substance. And they never back off of it. Now, I'm gonna have to, I, I meant to get, I've been meaning to get to this column for two segments now. I just haven't done it. And again, I don't mean for this to sound like a litany, but when you look at, as we head toward the elections, I want you to think if you're in Charlotte, and, and well, let's, let's tell you what, I'm going to back off this for a second. Because as you look at the elections, you've got local elections, you have state elections, you have national elections. We focus primarily on the national. We go, oh my God, look at what those Democrats or Republicans are doing. And then we get all obsessed. We want to, we want to go, oh, we got to get involved. We got to stop the leftist agenda. But that leftist agenda, folks, a lot of that takes place at your school board. It takes place at your city council meetings. It takes place at your county commissioner meetings. That's where you lose a lot. Go try to build a house at the coast. If you don't believe me, go try to build a house at the coast. In addition to the insane $320 a square foot building cost, look at the regulations. The Coastal Area Management Authority, this height, this elevation, this material, this color, uh, you can't do this. You can't. You own the land, but because of its proximity, this that you know the the water. You can't do this. You can't do that. The restrictions are taking place locally. The kind of NIMBY approach to things is 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 regulating you away from your freedoms. And pretty much every regulation is you know, and and that's why when you hear the word bipartisanship, if you assume that the natural state of being is free and you have to negotiate with someone, the negotiation is instantly, any attempt at the bipartisan approach is removing a freedom from you. If you have a lot of property rights and the left comes in and they say, we want to negotiate about this, they're, what they're doing is they're negotiating you away from a position of freedom and property rights into one that's not as free. When you go through a reval, they'll say, well, it's, it's uh, revenue neutral. Well, revenue neutral in the grand scale, yes. But if you're in an area that's been very successful and the other part of your county, not as much, then when you do the reval, even though it's revenue neutral, you're going to get a massive tax increase. So think in terms of, of how local politics affects you. Think in terms of how state politics affects you. And then look at the national stuff. Because the national stuff is really sexy. It's really stuff that drives you. It's easy to look at how, how they screw up at the national level, but you lose a lot of ground at the local level. And also, your local area is typically the breeding ground for the future political types. I mean, remember Tom Tillis started as a town councilman in Cornelius, displaces John Rhodes, who was kind of this art, iconic, hardcore, right-leaning, you know, folk, uh, represented that area. He wins in a primary, becomes Speaker of the House, and now he's your U.S. Senator. It started in the town of Cornelius. So all politics is local, as Tip O'Neill used to say, Democrat from back in the 80s. And, and pay attention, because a lot of this stuff takes place, especially in Charlotte, especially in the areas around Charlotte, 
and you can get away from it. It's, it's kind of like when you get to Asheville or Wilmington, the more you're closer to those downtown areas, the less freedoms you tend to have because those towns, Asheville, Wilmington, Charlotte, Greensboro, they're very left-leaning, and they beca- they want to pose as if they're not, but they really are. And you get out to the outlying areas, the further away you move from those, the more you get into conservative-free country, but the left wants to say, well, those are primitive rednecks. That's MAGA country. we got to stop them. And then you start putting the pieces to the puzzle. Oh, now I see what's going on. It's not just about the White House. It's not just about Congress. It's all of them. If you go around thinking the Constitution is relevant to you, welcome to MAGA country. If it's relevant to your day-to-day life, welcome to MAGA country. And that's what this is really all about. It's tying it. The Democrats are really good about tying things together. They are well aware that every negotiation is away from freedom and toward more authoritarianism. They are well aware. So when they call you the fascist, after it, it, it amazes me after two years of lockdowns that anybody that supported the lockdowns can call somebody else the fascist. After two years of telling you to stay in your home and wear a mask and keep your kids from school and limit your freedoms, they call the other team the fascist. <laughs> it's like, did you? No, they're well aware of what they're doing. You, you want to think, maybe there are some that are woefully ignorant. You see Sheldon Whitehouse and some of these others on the left, but many of them, they know exactly what they're doing. Man, it time flies, doesn't it? Hour two, hour three underway. September 2nd, I believe that's the date. Yeah, I got that right. <laughs> it's nice to be able to keep up with the passage of time as it uh, comes from future to present to past very quickly for all of us, no matter where you are and what you're doing. Appreciate you listening, being part of the show. I'm your guest host, Chad Adams. Sitting in for Pete Callender here on WBT. You want to get on the conversation? It's 570-1110. That's 704-570-1110 here on News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. Now, the Washington Free Beacon has a, a fantastic column. And if you're, you know, as the, the left tries to extol the virtues of some kind of great sense of accomplishment, it's just not real. There really isn't one. You know, it, it, is President Biden's policies which which one is the worst so let's just say if we were trying to identify which one was the worst how would we do that so they've done a really good job even brett hume retweeted this i have retweeted it the american rescue plan of 2021 contributed to the record inflation of the past year biden's reversal of the migration protection protocols safe third country agreements and other immigration policies enacted by the previous administration resulted in historic numbers of illegal entries on the southern border, the withdrawal from Afghanistan abandoned a nation of 39 million people to a murderous, medieval, terrorist-aligned mafia. Biden has pursued a renewed nuclear agreement with Iran despite the regime's support for militias that fire on U.S. troops, plots to kill U.S. officials on U.S. soil, and ultimately responsibility for the assault on Salman Rushdie. Just the other day, Biden announced a complex, unconstitutional, regressive, and inflationary scheme to forgive student debt. The words more moral hazard are not in his vocabulary. We'll get back to then to this because I think it's important, but callers always come first. Robert, welcome to the show today. How the heck are you? I'm doing good. I appreciate you uh, taking my phone call. And uh, this is like a bad movie with bad actors uh, around uh, Biden's uh, speeches lately. I mean, I watched that one the other night. uh, Where was it? Wilkesboro, Pennsylvania. 
and he was just all over the charts, uh, just rambling on from one subject to the next, um, painting himself into a corner on several different subjects. Uh, the one last night, I didn't even watch. Uh, I just saw little tidbits of it on the TV, and I was like, what, what is this? I mean, he, he got red lighting with the Marine, two Marine guards standing behind him. Uh, are we are we in a socialist-type country now? Uh, I mean, I, I, where does all this end, I mean, with this guy? I mean, I, I can't think of one thing that he has accomplished since he got uh, into office there in Washington, well, D.C. Well, you can't. Now, Robert, you actually can. There's many – I was kind of going through his accomplishments, but they're all bad. There's nothing – there's nothing right. optimistic now. If you're the, if you're a, a if you think the end of the world is near, then and climate change is your thing. If you're Greta Thunberg, then yes, that's the accomplishment you'll go to is the Inflation Reduction Act, which has nothing to do with inflation reduction and everything to do with propping up a lot of green energy stuff. But that's I, that is going to backfire as well because you're going to be pouring in all these toxic things in the battery production side. It's not. It's again, it's icing on an empty cake. And I liked what you said. You said bad actors. The worst thing about this, bad acting is at least still fictional. The worst right. thing about this is it's not bad. This isn't fiction. This is the reality that, that we as a country are living in. We're living under this, this, this president that when he goes off script, it's, it's, it's nightmarish. It's very clear to the American people on both sides of the aisle that this is not a president that is in 100% control, that this is a group of individuals that are pushing a president from issue to issue to issue and carrying him through while he pretends as if he, he came up with it, which he didn't. Let me, let me ask you this. Who do you think uh, are his handlers? Who are the ones pulling the puppets from here for him? Well, I'm, I, I want to say it's the chief of staff, Ron Klein, but I'm, I'm going to get that wrong. I think it's Ron Klein is the, he was, yeah. Uh, he is. The, yeah, he's a former lobbyist. He's a political consultant, an attorney, and uh, he's serving as the White House chief of staff. I think Ron K L A I N is his name. A lot in the background, but he is the torch carrier for all of these. If the if the Democrats were to run an honest campaign about what they really want to accomplish, they would never win. It's kind of the old saying. A lot of people are afraid. Republicans are afraid that people are never going to understand what it is they're trying to do. Democrats are always afraid that people will understand. I guess Chris is just wanting to rock out as we go to Labor Day. Just throwing down some tunes. It could be a great DJ. Chris, you could just take it and just run, man. People be ready to get the burgers on the grill, hot dogs going, football season coming up. Away from the preseason or pray from scrimmage time, I guess is what it was. Doug, welcome to the broadcast today. Uh, glad you called in. What's on your mind? Hey, Chad. Hello, I Doug. Was just wondering why the local channels didn't carry a speech last night. Well, I've there's actually always been, uh, you know, uh, I always uh, looking for a good laugh. <laughs> Doug, that was a stew, and- dude. That was that was genuinely funny. I'm impressed. You know, apparently, I missed one. <laughs> you know. Well, the the network. So here's what went down. So a lot of the broad broadcast networks passed. It wasn't just your local affiliates. So ABC, 
ran with their game show, Pressure Luck. CBS uh, had Young Sheldon on last night. It was a rerun, by the way. NBC ran Law and Order. CNN and MSNBC carried the address, as did news division streaming channels. Uh, Fox News didn't even go with it. It went with Tucker Carlson instead. And, but he was criticizing it the whole time it was going on. I only got antenna. <laughs> well, then you then you didn't see it. You would have had to go to maybe your PBS affiliate or something. So, but uh, yeah, they passed on it because again, the, when people started seeing what was in it, remember Pelosi said you have to pass it to see what's in it when he was he was referring to Obamacare, and so the networks kind of had this. Whoa, we're not going to just air it. And they saw some of the stuff that's in it, and they're like, no, 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 no. We like to pay bills. We like to have advertisers. And this was a propaganda speech, if ever there was one. And it was not carried as as widely because it was largely a political hate speech. It really was. It had, yeah. and, and so yeah, <laughs> you didn't get to see it. So good, good observation, and you're spot on. It wasn't just local; it was kind of nationwide. I was just so. wondering why. You got it, man. They they like to pay bills. But thank you for the call, Doug. Thanks for listening, man. Um, and again, you know, there were excerpts of this speech coming out yesterday. And, and in it, it was that he was going to declare war on 75 million Americans. And just say, it, it's a, the optics on it, if you coupled what he was saying with the optics on it, it was absolutely this Mussolini, I would go pre-war Germany, but we didn't have black and white. It was black and white. But if you'd put it in black and white and juxtapose it against, I don't know, I don't want to say it. I'm not going to say it on air because... I'm just not going to say it, not because I'm scared, just because I don't want to go down that path. But let's just say Mussolini or any kind of third world dictator. You kind of had the imagery you needed. You had the military in the background. You had the sweeping red and black scenery behind you at Independence Hall. But it, 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 it was, the semblance to Independence Hall only ended with the geography that he occupied. But it was this very third world despot leader looking thing. And the angry hands in the air, some of the images are just... I don't, I don't think it's going to age well for the Democrats. I don't know what the image that Democrats are trying to sell. So I would try to put myself, as an observer of political intrigue for decades now, I would say, what is it I would try, if I were going to try to sell my team to you, the American public? And obviously this is a conservative audience, so they probably wouldn't spend a lot of marketing there. But let's just say we were going for the moderates. What is it you sell? Your, your number one line you've got is, we're not Trump. That's their number one line. Their number two line is, I don't know. I, I really don't. We saved the planet. That's what they're going to try. We saved it with the Inflation Reduction Act. That's what they're going to try to sell. That's not going to sell too well. They can't say, say they secure the border. They can't say they fix the economy. They can't say that they stabilize things. They can't really say. And they've got the, they've got the House, the Senate, and the White House. And they can't. You know, and, and yet they still want to blame the guy who's been out of office now for two years. They want to blame the previous guy. They're they're blaming him and his supporters for everything that's wrong, even though they're in control. It's like I don't know. You, you it's just a bizarre thing. You, you don't accept any responsibility for what's going on, and then you look at what what they actually have done, and they're having fun. So I. When I look at this and I look through the policies, I'm looking through the Free Beacon article. You know, I went through tons of things that they already did wrong. But then you can add to it. Remember when they canceled the Keystone Pipeline? They re entered the Paris Climate Agreement. 
They stopped energy leasing on federal property. They suspended leases to drill in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, spent hundreds of billions on green energy projects in the infrastructure deal, and this year's Inflation Reduction Act. He wants to cut in half the carbon dioxide emissions from 2005 levels by 2030, which would destroy the economy. You can't achieve any of those things without massively raising energy prices, right? You just can't. And as gas prices went up, Biden then attacked the oil giants. He pleaded with OPEC. Then he goes over hat and and says, I'm never going to deal with the Saudis. They killed Khashoggi. Oh, please, Saudi Arabia, give us more oil. He tried to make nice with Venezuela. He tried to make nice with Iran. He sold out the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. you, hmm. You have to wonder. You have to wonder, what is it these people, well, I know what they want to achieve. I don't, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but what, they, what they're desiring to achieve is to really solidify government's grasp and hold on a means of energy production. And if you control the energy production, you really control all production. You, you control the way an economy can move and flow. You control everything. I mean, this whole minimum wage thing, the Minimum Wage Act out in California is specific to a couple of fast food chains that have large fast food chains, not the small fast food chains, making a $22 minimum wage, give them collective bargaining. And if you're McDonald's or a large chain, in and out Jack the Box, I don't know, whatever, you, you want to just pull out of California. It's a be- I, But the, the, the kind of things you see in a state like New York or California are the things they want to implement nationwide. And these policies are just horrific. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. New York, he went to the Supreme Court to say illegals can't vote. Excuse me. Can't call them illegals. People that aren't citizens can't vote in elections. Democrats would like that, too. They, this, this, this thing in Alaska where the Democrats are crowing that Sarah Palin lost. If you revisit that for a second, Sarah Palin lost. And they'll say, oh, Chad, you shouldn't say things like this. You're going down a rabbit hole. It was a weighted scale. In other words, there was one Democrat and like four Republicans, three Republicans. And so it was, you know, she was second place to the Democrat. Now it's a special election. It's a short thing. In the fall, it'll be kind of a, a different scale. But it, it's, a, it's an absolute mess out there. And the Democrats are trying, are trying to say it's your fault. It's my fault. It's all conservatives' fault. If you're a conservative, you're an enemy of the country. Wait a minute. We're the people that really want to fix these problems. The people that he says, or said, because he's kind of walked it back now, the people that the left say are trying to destroy the country are the ones that want to protect the border. They're the ones that didn't want to leave $8 billion or $3 billion in military hardware sitting on a ground in the Taliban-led Afghanistan. They would have withdrawn it and drawn it down and kept an Air Force base open and gotten out of there and protected themselves. We're the kind of people that really do believe in law and order and want to punish criminals who burn down cities. We're the people who want to stop looting in the streets, want people to feel safe and not get carjacked. We're the people that want to create more freedom and personal responsibility and not walk away from it. And if you sign up for a loan, you have an obligation to pay that loan. Now, that is a chill, that is a chill lead-in to the final segment. That's a chill lead-in to the final segment of the show today. 
Chad Adams, your guest host. Been an honor, been a privilege, always is. Love working with WBT. Great staff. Chris done an outstanding job. Ron, all of them. Pete, I uh, hope you're having a great day wherever you are. And in the audience, hey, you guys calling in, you, you know, it's 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 fantastic. It's it's just a great, uh, it's like watching one of those puppy threads on Twitter, you know. It just makes you feel good. It's just one of those things. Now, it, it's ironic a little bit. We're heading, we're celebrating America's labor, you know, the, the labor that, 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 that built this nation. And I'm, talking, I'm not talking about the unions. I'm talking about. All the people, whether you're in a union or not, you worked. We built an amazing. We're recognizing that we're heading into fall. We are technically in a recession. The 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 left knows that they're in trouble. Here we have. It's hard to believe that we're ending a period of time. We're only about eight weeks out from the election. I mean, here we are in summer. It's Labor Day, hot dogs, all that stuff. We're eight weeks out from the balance of power in the House and Senate. Now, the Senate's going to be an uphill battle. There's no doubt. If you look at that, you look at Warnock and, and Herschel Walker down in, in Georgia. Uh, Walker's going to be climbing that uphill battle. You look over in Pennsylvania, you see the Fetterman. Fetterman's interesting. He, a guy lived with his family. He can barely speak right now. His stroke recovery's been difficult. He's not someone who's very engaging. And Mehmet Oz has got everything in handle because all they do is demonize these two Republicans that have never run. I mean, they're celebrities, but they've never run for office. Uh, to my earlier point, they have accomplishments, though. I mean, you can't argue the accomplishments of Mehmet Oz or Herschel Walker in the world and their impact on it. Here in North Carolina, you look at the Cherry Beasley, and I was looking at this earlier. It was so funny because uh, the, the lead reporter for that covers politics for Capital Broadcasting, his name's Travis Fane, uh, he has a leftward tilt. I don't think he recognizes that he has the leftward tilt, but he was, po he was kind of throwing out there that, hey, look at Cherry Beasley has taken this this he's she's admitting that Republicans have leadership on issues of law enforcement and and working with uh, stopping drugs and stuff like that. And and I thought that's interesting because that's not it's not unique. They're trying that Sherry Beasley is desperately trying to act like she's moving to the middle, but make no mistake, she will govern from the left. It's the same exact tactic as Warnock. In fact, I went and found Warnock's uh, Ralph Warnock's Web page. And everything that Cherry Beasley said is exactly word for word from his webpage. So the Democrats are running this in Pennsylvania. They're running it in North Carolina. They know the Senate is in play. Uh, they need to keep the Senate, but it, the, they're, they're pretty confident they're going to lose. This, this, uh, there's a lot of bravado, a lot of optimism from the, the left is projecting. W what's amazing is the Republicans blew about a 12-point lead in May over not really responding to what the left did throughout the summer with abortion and some other things. But the economic realities are coming back. It's hard to sustain anger for a long time unless you're anti-Trump. Those people stay angry all the time. They really need help. But heading into this fall, I think Democrats are going to have a difficult time messaging. They, they don't have a vision for this country that's optimistic. They don't have a vision for this country that's positive. They don't have a vision for this country except that they don't like Donald Trump. And they don't like anything that they stand for. They, they can't say they've preserved the union and tried to protect it by securing the border. They can't say they preserved and protected our troops in Afghanistan. They can't say they're preserving and protecting us with Iran uh, literally pulling out threats against U.S. citizens and, and wanting to do so on our soil. They can't say that they're an America first regime. And, and that's a, a serious problem for them heading into the fall. So what do you do? So 
The only way when you know that's your reality, when you know your energy policies cost Americans more money, you know your financial policies, you're trying to buy votes by getting those loans taken care of, you're trying to buy constituencies, you're trying to promise the world to them with money you don't have and you haven't raised and you have no way to pay for. That is not a message of greatness. It's not projecting the uniqueness of this country. It's not projecting American exceptionalism. They're trying to demonize American exceptionalism. And you can't do that. We are an exceptional country. We're exceptional because of the people in it. We're exceptional because of our accomplishments, our innovation. And this Labor Day, remember that. As we head for the next eight weeks, it's going to be a lot of crazy stuff going on. But don't forget who and what we are. Thank you for allowing me today to be your host. It's been a pleasure. Look forward to coming back again. Winterbull's up next. And to all the folks at WBT, had a fantastic time. Have a great Labor Day and hope to talk to you soon.